This is Mark Devine with the Unbeatable Mind Podcast. Welcome back. Thanks so much for joining me today. Super stoked to have you. Today, I'm going to continue with the reading of new edition or potential new edition of my book, Unbeatable Mind, due out fall of 2021. And this is chapter 11, Mapping Your Five Plateaus. Now, the reason I said potential new edition is there's some caveats. This book is going through an editorial process and Amazon, because it's self-published, only lets me change 10% without creating an entirely new book out of it. So with that, some of this may not make it in and will end up in a different book. And this chapter might be one of them. So here we go. At any rate, it's called Mapping Your Five Plateaus. Quote, the deepest secret is that life is not a process of discovery, but a process of creation. You are not discovering yourself, but creating yourself anew. Seek, therefore, not to find out who you are. Seek to determine what you want to be. Neil Donald Walsh. The hero's journey is a classic storyline, making up epic dramas that are powerful. Heroes often quietly going about his own business when some injustice or quest calls him to venture forth to fight an enemy, rescue that damsel, or save the clan or country. Thinking of William Wallace leading his clansmen in the movie Braveheart or my spiritual mentor, King Leonidas of the Spartans, leading his 300 into battle. Or King Arthur in the Knights of the Round Table, or Luke Skywalker, the Jedi Order, or Neo in the Matrix, hacking his way into his own hero's journey. They're inspirational because they represent the warrior and the leader archetype in all of us. The venturing forth brings them face to face with the insurmountable odds and all sorts of bad actors that they must fend off and overcome. But the interesting thing is initially they lacked moral courage and often the physical courage and the skills to prevail. So they're beaten back or they retreat or they flat out quit. But something inside them keeps them going on their quest. Often they're sparked by love or a mentor, or a guide, or a master, who then teaches them the skills and gives them the courage, or helps them find the courage to take the way of the warrior and to resume their journey. With their newfound perspective and strength, they go back and face that challenge head on, and they prevail. And most importantly, they grow, often immensely through the process, becoming a higher and better version of themselves, and they get to fulfill their calling. As a byproduct of their growth, they gain new perspectives and ascend to what I call a new plateau where they have deeper awareness, conviction, and compassion. It's interesting that that journey is experienced differently at every level of development and can be endured time and time again on one's own growth path. In this chapter, I'd love to take a look at these developmental plateaus that you, as a hero, must traverse on your own hero's journey to self-mastery. The five plateaus are, as I mentioned, stages of development that serve as a map to help you understand and appreciate the growth that either has already occurred or is ahead of you, pointing your way toward a developmental map. It can be used as a self-diagnostic aid or a practice tool or both, and is also a psychoactive agent which helps stimulate deeper awareness of your mental, emotional, and spiritual development. Though the plateau names are mine and used in Unbeatable Mind alone, 
they closely correlate to the many documented stages of development explored by developmental and transpersonal psychologists, as well as Ken Wilber and his integral theory, as well as others such as spiral dynamics. Though all of these stages can be experienced in different moments, as a rule, we generally tend to settle in or plateau at one of them in our lives based upon a plethora of circumstances that we've talked about at length in this book. It could be your family of origin or karma or epigenetics, cultural stage of development, your life experiences and growth triggers, etc. Our aspiration here is to ascend to and beyond what we call the fifth plateau. That's the first truly, fully world-centric plateau where one would have care and compassion and concern for all humanity. This is the most expansive in terms of our conscious awareness, expanding out from ego, past ethnocentrism, to world-centric, much more inclusive capacity and most emotional maturity. When we stabilize at this fifth plateau, we can fully appreciate and understand the perspectives of others, and we can seek win-win solutions and paradigms. And we can also take perspectives on our own issues and shadows more effectively, which those things which pull us into a negative projection or judgment. allows us to traverse the plateaus perspectively so that we engage others in our universe from their point of view. This helps us be more connected and inclusive, which is something we all could use more of in this world. Here's a brief synopsis of the five plateaus pulled from a chart that I have in the book. The first plateau is survivor. The sphere of interest is your ego or the self, and the motivations are survival. Healthy emotions are like pride and boldness. And your shadow would be shame or excessive fear. An archetypal role might be survivor or conqueror or a lone wolf. The second plateau is the protector. And that's still ego, but it could be ethnocentric as well. Your motivations are going to be fundamentalism and rule-bound traditionalism, maybe rank and position, protecting the status quo. Healthy emotions are courage. And a shadow aspect might be guilt or jealousy protecting, like I said, a small subset at the expense of a larger whole. Archetypal roles might be the protector, the warrior, freedom fighter, the terrorist, or even the bureaucrat. The third plateau is the achiever. Here we're heading from ego with a strong dose of ethnocentrism. Motivations are self-reliance and independence. Materialistic matters are important. Success Ambition, drive, creativity, and love are emotions. Shadow can be carelessness, recklessness, and greed. And role archetypes could be like the chieftain or the CEO. The fourth plateau is called the equalizer. Now we're getting to ethnocentric and with a dose of world centrism. Motivations are sensitivity, egalitarianism, affiliation, tolerance. Healthy emotions are caring and connecting, giving, healing, love. Shadow aspects can be spiritual egotism, even racism, class envy. Role archetypes, philanthropist, do-gooder, activist, social entrepreneur. And then the fifth plateau, which I addressed a moment ago, is the integrator, a fully world-centric, earth-centric you know, individual. 
the motivations here are interdependence, awareness of complex systems, win-win relationships, compassion, generosity, and service. And healthy emotions are wholeness, peace, presence, and inclusive love. And shadow might be a hyper-focus on development. You could be almost too inclusive where you miss the forest for the trees, spiritual egotism, or relational detachment. And role archetypes could be such as strategist, the global thought leader, the healer. Again, these are generalisms to point to a roadmap for development. And each one of these plateaus has both positive and negative aspects, which we're going to talk about soon. Now, here's the rub. Less than 5% or somewhere now between 5 and 10% of humanity, of the world's population, is at that fifth plateau or integrator level. Roughly 30% are at the fourth. 35% are at the third achiever level. That's a big one for the West. 20% at the protector plateau. About 10% in the survivor plateau. If you were to look around at developing world or totalitarianism or war-torn areas, you'd see them stuck primarily in the first and second plateaus, the survivor and protector plateaus, which is due to their circumstances. Again, it's a broad generalization because, of course, any one individual can find the means and the courage to escape through their own hero's journey into a higher plateau. Europe, of course, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, you're going to see more fourth plateau equalizers with America coming up quick, balanced out with our achievers. Emerging market countries are sharing a large percent of the third plateau achievers. As mentioned, culture of origin can have a big influence on the attitude and growth of its citizens. Individually, we can get stuck at a lower plateau of development and and or be completely ignorant and uncaring about it. It doesn't make anyone a bad person unless they are. They simply won't have the knowledge, the desire, the time, the opportunity, or the energy to work or to grow in this vertical manner. We call it vertical growth because this seems hierarchical, but it's actually holarchical. And that's a term that one of my mentors, Ken Wilbur, uses in integral theory. Being unwilling or having the time, desire, opportunity to grow is the classic fixed mindset, a term coined by Carol Dweck, who wrote a book called Mindset. It's a great description. We know many people in our lives who are just hanging out, happy with their lot, and they say ignorance is bliss. Or they might be a sad victim, but they're invested in their victimhood, so they have no desire to change. They're fixed. Others are just too distracted, overburdened, or chemically depressed, or addicted, so they're just in survival mode. They're stuck, too. However, you're reading or listening to this, and you're committing to maximum growth, so that makes you fortunate. Growth mindset individuals, though, can still get stuck in a developmental rut, which stunts your growth. Or you can get stuck in something like spiritual or emotional bypassing or egotistical orientation toward your growth, because you think that you're growing faster or better or you're brighter or more advanced than someone else. And that leads to arrogance, which then gets you stuck again. So it's really important to look at these shadow aspects or the negative aspects of these developmental stages, because we want to address both the positive to accelerate us, as well as the shadow to unlock 
that's holding us back. The Buddha said it's, it's rare for someone to even hear of paths of awakening to enlightenment. It's rarer to actually be on a path to awakening or enlightenment. And it's rarer still to actually achieve an awakened awareness. I predict that many of you listening or reading will be in that, if you're not already, that rarer still category because we're committing to this form of integrated, accelerated development. The Tibetans and the yogis that I've met or studied claim that the level of integration and enlightened awareness, that that level of integration and enlightened awareness is every human's birthright and eventual destination, though it may take many lifetimes. It can be achieved in one, though, with disciplined practice. The Tibetans say seven to ten years of an aggressive, immersive practice. I think that's really inspiring. So in this regard, these five plateaus are a roadmap for our own evolution. And our five mountains, our five mountains of training, provide a framework for the training plan to, to, to traverse those five plateaus. But don't mistake the map for the terrain. What we want to do is get into the terrain of actual embodied experiences, the practice, the work that you'll enjoy and participate in on this amazing hero's journey. Wake up, grow up, clean up, and then show up. I mentioned my friend and mentor, renowned philosopher Ken Wilber, founder of Integral Theory. Now, he says that after we wake up to our witness and begin to fulfill our calling, that empowers us to engage in further growing up. And he's referring to this vertical development and the growing up to integrate toward and past this fifth plateau. But then he goes on to say that in order to show up as the whole radiant aligned individual that is your birthright, your true self, you must also clean up your emotional baggage, your shadow. I concur with him wholeheartedly. And that work for me has been far harder and more painful than all the meditation, yoga, breath work on in my life. Therefore, we'll also use these five plateaus as a practice tool to help guide the emotional mountain cleanup work that we must do. I think that's one of the most valuable tools of this map is the capacity to do the shadow work and to use this as a guide to where we need to do the work. It's important with this concept, these principles, not to judge yourself as you begin to learn about them or feel less than if you don't see yourself at the fifth plateau right now, or you feel like you're in survival mode. Like I said, only 5% are stabilized at that world centric level. And it's encouraging to know that more and more people are ascending to that plateau every day. But it's more likely that you've had moments of fifth plateau experiences that most of us, though, are hanging out in the second, third, or fourth plateau. As mentioned, each plateau is a necessary building block for the next one in a transcend and include manner. So the question is, what plateau do you most identify with now as your center of awareness or your perspective? Let's go through these plateaus in detail. The first plateau. A survivor. Anyone in survival mode, regardless of whether it's from poverty, a temporary loss, 
being born in a war-torn or desperately poor region, having absentee parents, getting locked into or, or can get locked into or will fall into the first plateau. It could be a temporary condition until things improve, or it might be permanent. The survivor lives a very physically oriented life. They don't really have the time or luxury to care for the other four mountains of development. Taking care of survival needs dominates one's field of awareness. Self-actualization may be a luxury. One might be likely to use the body as a mechanism to get what they want or need, as in the willingness to use force or relying on manual labor. Prison populations and gangs tend to be first plateau cultures. First plateau, like I said, is an instinctual life. Developmentally, it occurs in the first seven years of life, so that a young child is at the first plateau until the brain develops enough for them to express some second plateau perspectives. But then guess what? If some trauma happens to the young child in that age, such as abuse, or the parent's departure leaves an emotional vacuum, individual can get stuck or fixed into this plateau for a while, if not forever. The survivor lives from a purely egocentric, self-centered worldview. And this has nothing to do with intelligence. You could see a world leader who has a first plateau, egocentric, self-centered worldview. I think some of us have seen that recently. Life revolves around me and perhaps a very small we that looks like a close-knit family, a tribe, or a gang. Shadow elements of the first plateau can include shame, fear, anxiety, anger, victimhood, and they might be likely to project these onto the world around them. An unhealthy expression of this first plateau would lead to a lack of physical and mental health or using the body for gratification of immediate physical needs and desires without care for long-term costs or effects to self and others. Think of the unfortunate case of maybe a sex worker or a brutish gang member. The first plateau, of course, has a positive side. Healthy growth at this stage of development sees healthy emotional and psychosexual development, pursuit of sports, fitness, and emotional expression of boldness, a love for your family, or a non-quitting spirit. As I mentioned earlier, archetypal roles in this plateau can be a survivor, a conqueror, a gangster, a lone wolf, or a vigilante, or more. We all have aspects of each plateau in us. And we've discussed, though, what life is like for individuals fixed at this plateau, but all individuals can suddenly find themselves in this plateau if something happens that drops them into it. Consider pride in one's success or stepping up to take bold action and just getting things done, that's first plateau. Anxiety can be managed through deep breathing and other stress management, that's first plateau behavior. Courage. Unresolved first plateau shadow, though, can be nasty when triggered. For example, my family of origin vacillated between the third plateau achiever mentality with our successful family, family business, material success, engagement in the community and the church. But behind closed door, there were weekly drops to the first plateau triggered by abuse and rage and cynicism and disrespect. We want to look at our first plateau with the aim of developing the positive aspects and eradicating the negative. 
So you're going to focus on developing a baseline of lifelong physical fitness, nutrition, sleep, recovery, and overall balance. As these physical needs are met, then at the psychological level, start to look at things like closed-mindedness. Where does that show up for you? Fear looping. Shoring up self-respect. Eradicating anger triggers, anxiety, and depression, and any victim mentality. Any individual can spiral downward quickly into destructive behavior in the first plateau from excess stress or from some crisis in life. That's when you need to pull out your arousal control skills and begin to claw your way out with courage. Let's talk about the second plateau, the protector. The second plateau is that of the protector who will go to great lengths to protect status quo, positions, and beliefs that they're deeply entrenched in. These are downloaded from the family and culture of origin and likely for many go unexamined and unchallenged. Beliefs are so entrenched that they're sacrosanct. This plateau does have a lot of positive qualities and comprises a large percentage of population who uphold our traditional structures, the church and bureaucracies and those types of things. This protector class or plateau believes in the superior nature of those comfortable structures and will fight to protect them. Police, military, and bureaucrats are often fixed at the second plateau, while others will be operating at a higher plateau but then tap into that second plateau to serve. Many of my SEAL team teammates were in that category. Shadow aspects of that plateau can be seen in something like a football fan initiating a fist fight at the slightest insult to his team. He's got to protect his team's honor. This leads also to extreme nationalism and competition and conflict. We saw how decisions in the first plateau are largely instinctual in nature. At the second plateau, they tend to be more emotional and deeply rooted in biased emotional patterns. Ego development is still self-centered, but with a strong ethnocentric behavior at the community team or country level. Primary motivations, as I mentioned, are to maintain traditional roles, rules, and institutions with well-defined ranks, structure, regulations, etc. And these are not wrong or bad, but they can be demonized by someone at the fourth plateau, which we're going to discuss soon. Classic archetypes of the second plateau include the warrior, sheepdog, freedom fighter, bureaucrat, and even the extreme shadow archetype of the terrorist. But what if... One person's freedom fighter is another person's terrorist. Development at the second plateau occurs in healthy individuals in the late teens and early adulthood. Emotional awareness comes online, but can be driven, not examined. It can be driven by conditioning and not examined with self-awareness. That's why many teens will make irrational, emotionally driven decisions. Or growing up in a dogmatic family or culture can create a strong tendency to get fixed at the second plateau, which will lead to emotional immaturity and rigid rule-seeking. These individuals may not trust others who don't share their worldview and will use emotions as a tool to get what they want. They'll weaponize their emotions. They won't use physical force like the first plateau or a logical argument like the third plateau. They'll use emotions. To navigate this plateau as a leader, you'd want to see what second plateau perspective you might hold on to. 
and to examine whether they still serve you. And when dealing with other second plateau individuals, you want to endeavor to see things from their perspective and not try to fight them head on if you disagree with their worldviews. Rather, it's advisable to show respect for their traditionalist views and the value that they have to offer and then seek a win-win solution that you can see from your perspective. The third plateau is the achiever. This is the realm of the entrepreneur, the business leader, and most white-collar professionals and gig workers. They, or we, are out to succeed, develop financial security and independence to climb the corporate ladder, layer on degrees and certificates. This third plateau is a blend of ego, ego and ethnocentric and world-centric care and concern, depending upon how well one has integrated the first two plateaus and exposure, let's say, to travel and interconnectedness in a global business sense. This plateau is outwardly focused, can be materialistic, and can value achievement and drive and scientific evidence over, let's say, social causes or spiritual development. The plateau operates primarily from the mental mountain, rationalism, and is emphasizing kind of left brain linear thinking. The third plateau individuals are self-reliant, independent, and have a large dose of ambition, creativity, and management or leadership skills. They have a large capacity to love their families and teams. The shadow aspect of this plateau, especially for those who are fixed at it, can include addiction with work, obsession, burnout, and relationship harm. Additionally, and this is clearly borne out over the last 20 or 30 years, a carelessness Carelessness toward environmental issues and antagonism toward competitors and greed. Now, these are hallmarks of the past, but we still see them quite a bit. Corporate espionage, state-sponsored hacking and theft and social media manipulation. The entire economy as it's set up with its linear extraction, production, and disposal, you know, setup is a third plateau paradigm. The unique skills of the third plateau include the ability to execute, to get things done big, conceiving a business plan, raising money, hiring, managing, leading, running a law office, teaching in front of hundreds, giving speeches, those types of things. This plateau, the achiever, has built corporate and scientific infrastructures of the industrial age and early information age. All the advanced technology being utilized by the negative and angry first plateau and second plateau people is developed by the achievers. Now, that's not so good, but it is what it is. Third plateau archetypes can include the leader, the CEO, entrepreneur, corporate chieftain, scientist, and scholar. So as you lead, you should consider whether at times or all the times you are that unbalanced driven executive, the shadow of the third plateau achiever. Are you overcommitted? Have you lost sight of your why? Or is your health connection, is your health, your connection to your family and spiritual well-being suffering? Do you feel jealous when you see the material success of others? Is your level of success never good, good enough or enough? Do you reserve respect for the famous or others who have mastered material success? The self-determination and power of the achiever plateau is seductive. But I'm sure you can see the problems that we have here when, when achievement is at the expense of one's health, growth, others, 
the environment, and humanity writ large. So, but how do you embody the best of the third plateau without giving up the benefits that the achievers love so much? Well, things like the B Corporation, Public Benefit Corporation, conscious capitalism, supporting philanthropy, becoming more balanced, decluttering, less distraction, spending more time with your family and kids, making sure that your business is both being good and doing good, those types of things. And there's huge movements for that with social capitalism and social entrepreneurism going on today. So it's very positive. Okay, the fourth plateau is the equalizer. Equalizer is the sensitive individual who would like everyone to be treated the same. And the term for this plateau is pluralism, which advocates that there is more than one reality. Social Socially, members of diverse ethnic, racial, religious, or other social groups can maintain and develop their traditional cultures or special interests within the confines of a broader culture. On the surface, this sounds reasonable, but it's anathema to the second plateau conformists who would prefer that everyone assimilate to create a more homogeneous group that's aligned with past behaviors and ideology. Though the equalizer has a broad broader and more inclusive perspective and care than the first three plateaus, it can demonize anyone who does not share that view. That's the shadow side. It's the equalizer in government that calls for nationalized uh, sanctuary cities, um, you know, and, and critical race theory and some of these other things, the woke movement. It's the equalizer social activists who denounce the materialistic, hedonistic business executives who can only be out to make money at the expense of everyone else, which is not fair. Fourth Plateau see themselves as the modern equivalent of Robin Hood, and they want government. They believe in government and its need or right to take from the rich and to give to the poor. Equalizer can be an elitist academic or journalist who will happily put down their own country and they would aspire to be with a global community of do-gooders, but at the same time having no problem taking advantage fully of their country's many benefits and paying as few taxes as possible themselves. Spiritual egotism is also common at this plateau as a shadow aspect with individuals trying to outdo everyone else. With yoga retreats, ayahuasca journeys, microdosing, extreme breathing training, and other body-brain hacks. The heart of the equalizer can be in the right place, but that heart often doesn't have any room to in include those that they disagree with. That pesky shadow side can come out in many insidious ways in this plateau. Spiritual egoism, which I mentioned, reverse racism, class envy, being confused with equality. Confused positions can make the equalizer quick to judge and to demonize and they'll attack rather than compromise with whom, those whom they disagree with. However, the positive skills of the fourth plateau include relationship building, breaking down old and ineffective institutional boundaries, and generating awareness for important causes. Role archetypes include the philanthropist, the do-gooder, the activist, the social entrepreneur, and even the monk. Generally speaking, this fourth plateau is free from the survival needs of the first plateau, from the fixed conformism of the second plateau and from the fixation on material success of the third. 
most reading this or listening to this would fall into this group, but maybe slightly put off by my depiction of the shadow side of this plateau. Please know that this map is not a hierarchy nor a judgment. We all have these lower plateau shadows in us or the potential for them, as well as the positive side. The point is to use this as a map to identify growth opportunities within yourself to clear up shadow aspects of each plateau that exist in ourselves and to help ascend to the higher fifth plateau integrated stage of awareness, where we'll have the most expansive and inclusive perspectives and care and concern. The integrator is fixed at the perspective of the world-centric leader or is moving through the perspective of the world-centric leader. They've achieved more of a whole mind integrated consciousness. They've transcended and included the first four plateaus and have worked to eradicate shadow elements that could trigger negative conditioning or reactions into the lower plateaus. They've got the capacity to engage positive qualities of each plateau while leading and to take the perspectives of their teammates and their organizational cultures, which are locked, other organizational cultures that are locked or triggered into the earlier plateaus. Integrator is constantly working on mastering development and integration of their five mountains, physical, mental, emotional, intuition, and Kokoro. And they're aligned with their calling and are pursuing that with a powerful mission. Their ego has taken a backseat to the witness, allowing this integrator fifth plateau leader to have genuine compassion and compare for care and compassion for all of humanity and Mother Earth simultaneously. They are deeply embodied and feel into decisions and how they impact. And they make decisions from a multidimensional perspective. They work on developing authentic and compassionate communication skills, enjoy building and curating interdependent complex systems and seeking win-win relationships and outcomes that also consider first, second, and third plateau, fourth plateaus, as well as first, second, and third and fourth order consequences. A lot of negative emotional shadow has been eradicated at the fifth plateau. There might be lingering to-dos, which the integrator is often aware of. They are present and will be able to stand his or her ground with courage, and they'll be practicing things such as non-attachment, acceptance, forgiveness, and love in abundance. The integrator is not immune from painful or negative emotions or situations, but when they arise, they allow the experience to run its course with awareness. They surrender that energy to the universe and do not let it overcome them or develop any new negative conditioning. They process it immediately and let it go. There are, as I mentioned earlier, some nuanced shadow sides to the fifth plateau. First, there could be a lack of awareness of a shadow element a really subtle shadow element that hasn't made itself apparent yet. Also, there could be a hyper-focus on one's own personal development. I see that all the time in Unbeatable Mind. Hyper-focus to the exclusion of other important things in life. Someone, for instance, could be at the integrator plateau, but be out of shape, and this will trigger a first plateau crisis sooner or later. Finally, an integrator could try too hard and end up complicating things by being too inclusive missing the forest for the trees, or missing the trees within the forest, I should say. Not every mundane issue needs a committee of compassionate elders to solve it. 
The other side of that coin is the possibility of the perspective that everyone is perfect the way they are and also right from their own perspective. Though this may have some spiritual truth to this, it can lead to pacifism and allow the wolf into the hen house. Spiritual egotism of the fourth plateau can still rear its ugly head in the fifth, as well as relational detachment due to the overdevelopment of your higher chakras, i.e. head-in-the-cloud behavior, or underdevelopment of your lower chakras, such as having your feet on the ground, i.e. not having your feet on the ground. Finally, the integrator, fifth plateau, may be aware of shadows that they have or shadow aspects they have from the other plateaus, but lack skillful means to deal with them. Leading from the fifth plateau, leadership at this level includes the ability to skillfully manage complexity and to be authentic with multiple perspective taking and perspective making leading to greater understanding. Integrator will use their power and skill to help heal individuals and the planet. Oftentimes, denouncing sanctioned violence and seeking better connection globally. Archetypes of this plateau include the strategist, the global thought leader, and the healer. All who have transcended the limits of tribal or national identity, though they respect and enjoy the distinctions and boundaries of their cultures. As discussed already, a major distinction of the fifth plateau leadership is the ability to skillfully meet others at their respective levels of development with empathy, not with judgment, anger, impatience, or pity. As you deepen your unbeatable mind training towards your self-mastery, you will stabilize your perspectives and conscious awareness at this plateau. It's worth noting also that this is not a final stage or destination because consciousness has a primal drive to continue its evolutionary journey. So back to the question, what plateau do you most identify with now? That would likely be what you call, we call your center of gravity. You may find that at your finest moments or the way you present on social media, you identify with that fifth plateau. You want to be seen or you are seen as the type of person advocating for the environment, for global human rights, and you believe cognitively in the interconnectedness of all beings. But then at work, you're triggered because you can't stand that judgmental jerk in the cubicle next door. Or the other parents in your kid's class are prima donnas. Or you hit the CrossFit workout three times a week and aren't 100%. If you really did 100 pull-ups, maybe it was only 85 and you pretended it was 100. That's your achiever. Your side gig is pulling, putting enough money aside so you can retire and play golf in five years. You see where this is going? Those behaviors aren't uncommon for third plateau social climate behavior who wants to look like a fifth plateau global philanthropist. Really fixed mindset individuals will demonstrate most, if not all, the attitudes of a single plateau, but will easily succumb to behavior of earlier developmental stages. The more evolved and aware we become, the more fluid we, fluidly we can navigate between the plateaus with awareness, avoiding negative triggers and bringing out our positive attributes. The late Stephen Covey wisely said, seek first to understand and then to be understood. It takes courage to navigate these plateaus and to see one's truth clearly. And we can get really attached to our own beliefs and worldviews if you operate primarily from one of these plateaus. You can use the tools in Unbeal Mind and this map 
to practice getting unstuck quickly and using triggers for opportunities for further growth when you get plunged into a lower plateau. This plateau stage model development is a tool that will spur your continuous vertical evolution. This journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step and you've taken that step. Now take a breath and let's dive into understanding your plateaus. Thanks very much for listening. I hope you found this interesting and um, it's important work. And I appreciate that you're willing to do that work so that we can all lead from the fifth plateau and be world-centric warriors and leaders, bringing greater care and compassion into the world and to help it heal. This is Mark Devine, and this is the Unbeatable Mind Podcast. And I'll see you next time. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.